Welcome to Sonata Secrets. I'm Henry Tilham, and in this video we're going to look at Schubert's beautiful impromptu in G-flat major. And a special thank you and shout out to my Patreon sponsor Gene Nyberg in this video. Schubert wrote two sets of impromptus with four in each set. And this is the third in the first set, published as Opus 90. And they were all written in the year 1827, just one year after Schubert died, just 31 years old. And then they were published at different times after his death. And towards the end, Schubert also reads something of a more mature style. So some of his late music contains some of the greatest works he wrote. For example, the three last big piano sonatas, uh, the F minor fantasy for piano duet, the Winter Rises song cycle, uh, the string quintet, and the two piano trios. But all the time, he keeps his signature lyrical style of writing beautiful melodies. They seem so simple and obvious, yet they're perfectly precise. He's similar to Mozart in that regard. And the melody in this impromptu is exactly like that. It's basically a song for piano solo with a clear melody line present all the time that you play with mostly the pinky and uh, accompaniment chords going on in a busy movement underneath. And impromptu refers to an improvisational character, like the music would start to flow if you just sit down at the piano and start playing it. Okay, G flat major, six flats. A fun fact here, the publisher maybe thought it was too complicated so they printed it in G major instead first. Uh, so this was after Schubert was dead, so he couldn't say anything. And then many years later, uh, they found the original and printed it in the original key of G flat major. And for me as a musician, this music is very connected to G flat major. So G major would be kind of wrong. And it's hard to explain exactly why, but I guess it's something to do with the way it feels with playing on the black keys. And then the time signature, it's also quite complicated. Uh, C with the dashes a la breve, so four quarter notes and two beats for a la breve. But then two a la breve for each bar means eight quarter notes and four beats. I honestly don't know why you just don't write common time and cut the note values in half across the board. But maybe you feel more weight on the notes when you see them like this. Okay, so we have this nice song. I'm just gonna play melody and harmony here. It's a four bar phrase uh, presenting the tonality in G flat and ending on the dominant D flat. And then this cheeky chord going back to G flat, the plus five cheeky chord. So this rhythm is a bum, 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 bum. That's the same rhythm in Schubert's big Wanderer fantasy. That was also originally a song, uh, the theme, The Wanderer. And it got this moving forward to it inherently, but it's a, in a slow setting, but it's a, it's a cool rhythm. Okay, now we get to the real part of the music, which <laughs> like the real hard stuff, which is this movement going on underneath. So it's just a G flat major chord, but we play it 
Now this is quite hard to play, like this is no piece for a beginner. Uh, and I practiced so many hours through the years to, to be able to get the layer in the hand because you need to weight the hand so unevenly, so much pressure on the pinky for the melody note and these notes so soft, like barely touch. And together. And also keep the long lines of several bars in the pinky. Uh, and I mean, we used the pedal to get this amazing sound from the piano. Okay, so here we go. Plus five going back. Okay, so the second phrase here, it's four bar phrases and the second phrase starts the same but ends in a different way and ends on the tonic and not the dominant. So it's a really clear outset of presenting the tonality. Now we're going to get a little more interesting things here and the third phrase. So the melody is starting to go upward and we feel uh, tension is increasing a bit. So I, I play it one more time. Because of this. So this is a super nice uh, harmonic change. It's a mediant from A flat minor to E. going upward and then we get another phrase that's kind of an answer to that statement and it's in pianissimo and we the melody goes down so kind of reassuring that everything is fine and these two phrases they can they form kind of a unity so now we get both of them repeated, so the eight bars repeated, but the second time it's like we're gonna get the upgrade version of uh, some diminished chords and suspensions on the diminished chords and uh, more crescendo and yeah, some stuff. Bass goes down more firmly here. get this amazing, you know, you just broaden the register of this deep thing, uh, this deep B chord. I don't know why, but I, I usually take the hand like this to like open it up. Uh, I don't know why. And then same chord, but pianissimo. The answer again. But also with more tension in the chords. Variation. And we end again, everything's fine in G flat major. 
Okay, so this was our whole A section, the first section. Beautiful, lovely, trouble-free major, almost. Now, the B section, the middle section, that's going to be a contrast to that. So it's going to be very dramatic. And uh, we're going to have the left hand. It's going to come with a statement like this. Uh, it's in minor, in E-flat minor. And this statement in the left hand is going to be present for this middle section. Okay, so we have one bar transition and uh, there's a crescendo going up to the forte and I kind of do the crescendo earlier to, to, to reach the forte easier, a nice forte. So that's a three-bar phrase, uh, and it's uh, so great, powerful, minor, just, I mean, it's the same, just uh, long, still notes, but it's in forte, and the left hand has this to say. So we get the repeat of this phrase. With a trill, a little bit of variation. Now, how are we going to get out of this phrase? Well, the, the last bit, uh, it's just slightly expanded. So before it was... And the second time... And then Schubert does this typical thing. He takes this last bit and repeats it one more time, but he alters it yet again uh, to this amazing chord. So uh, the first time... Uh, of the second phrase here. So this chord... It's an amazing chord. It's an alteration of the subdominant minor that's called the Neapolitan chord. Uh, and it's really like, whoa, what's going on here? And what happens is that that chord gets reinterpreted as a modulation to B major. So... B major or C flat major, but it's the same as B major. And then we're going to continue a little bit. Uh, this is the third in the bass, so it's not the most stable. So then the bass is going to go down to the B or C flat, and the melody is going to go up. So we're going to get this amazing uh, broadening of the register again, and with a lovely melody here. So. on B major uh, down kind of a deep register uh, harmony. Three piece, piano pianissimo. Okay, now remember the, the left hand statement. So now we're gonna get it in the soft version really deep here. And again, but now and this is another typical Schubert thing. He switches from minor to major, like just like that. Uh, and it's, it creates this amazing effect. It's still very soft and ominous and it prepares 
like the second round of the middle section is going to be dramatic again. But let me just play it again. First E minor with the statement and then E major. Now, the crescendo, I do it earlier here as well. Did you hear it, the left hand? So it's the same statement, but it's more pressing. It's going further, reaching further up on this diminished chord. And the melody here, we have the right hand melody that's more active here as well. Uh, and this melody reminds me of, of a pop song. Uh, is this song stronger? So like harder, better, faster, stronger. Just go back up and another round and now octaves in the left hand, so raising the stakes. That's a Neapolitan chord, but now it's not reinterpreted. Now we stay in E flat minor, so it's again like surprising a new way. It's the same mechanism as before when the left hand goes down and the right hand goes up. And now it's even higher up, so it's even sweeter. Uh, and it's in our, like coming from the E flat minor, but it's E flat major here. Yeah, the switch again. Major. Yeah, we end up in major. And then now we get the transition back to our A section, uh, the, uh, the same as the beginning. And here the melody stays on the same note for, for many notes and the left hand goes down in the deep register one note at a time. So this is the deep and uh, foreboding Schubert talking here. this trill in the bass on quite a few occasions in this piece and it's reminiscent of uh, his last big piano sonata in B flat major there's deep trill there as well you should listen to that also and I do a ritardando here not so much uh, fermata but the ritardando it's we end up on this dominant chord diminished dominant chord that goes back to D flat major and then we just start the A section again uh, soft and beautiful
the second phrase, I do this uh, variation that's not in the score, but I think it's a nice variation. So I do a crescendo on the first bar and then subito pianissimo on the second bar. Now, this section is pretty much the same as the first time, but now when we get to the second half of it, Schubert flips around the phrases in a way that's so genius. Now we get the phrase of uh, statement of uh, going upward and increasing the tension a little bit. And now we get it with the tension chords straight on. Suspensions. And the deep bass. But then, as the answer phrase, now we get the pure phrase without the tension. So... And now... So, instead of going back and doing the upward phrase again, Schubert just skips it and does a new transition that goes to the answering phrase directly instead and then the second time it's with the tension. And it's amazing how he just, by flipping them around, uh, he creates a new effect with the same building blocks. So it's with the tension first and then when you get the pure answer first, it's just, it's amazing uh, when you get that. And then the second time you have it with the tension again. bit more activity in that phrase. Okay, and now we reach the end of this section. And now in the coda, we have the same kind of transition that's between the middle section and the recapitulation with a bass descending one note at a time in the ominous register and the trill. And we get some nice harmony here. This chord, it's a, the old German 6 chord that's resolved to a dominant 4-6 chord and then a dominant 7 chord and a tonic. And start the transition again. And now variation. And so he changes this key signature for just one and a half bars uh, in order to make this variation harmonically. Uh, it's so cool. But then it's the same ending with the German. And here we reach our final G flat major chord. And it's just some soft flirting with the subdominant, the C flat major. Dominant. And uh, this place kind of reminds me uh, of Beethoven's Sixth Symphony. Somewhere in there, it sounds a bit like this, I think. I don't know exactly where, but.
the final G flat major chord, uh, you thought that the left hand was spared from doing this uh, busy motion of the really soft notes. Well, Schubert wasn't gonna let it off so easy. <laughs> it feels unfair, but you have to be able to play them in the left hand as well for just the final bar. It seems unfair, but it's really uh, an essential effect of this movement kind of swirling down the deep bass, like water swirling down in a sink or something. And in the final chord, I usually skip the D flat because it's, it's easy that it gets too loud. And then that ruins the chord more than if I don't, if I just don't play it, it sounds really nice anyways. So I can end, I do a risk assessment there as a performer uh, and get a really nice chord with no risk. Now, if we look at the full piece and try to do an interpretation of kind of what it's about, what it's going through, through the whole piece, there's one pretty straightforward version of an interpretation. So the beginning and end sections, uh, are this lyrical and trouble-free major sections, that's the established order. And then what happens in the middle, we get the drama and the tension. That's something that happens and we get through it, but we get back to the order and everything's fine and it wasn't so bad like maybe it was a bad dream and then we're back to the normal safe way or it's the other way around so the middle section that's the normal mode with all the tension and the pressure and the pain and suffering and then the outer sections that's the dream of escaping from reality I get goosebumps just thinking about it because it makes it so deep when you get to this middle section if it's you know different layers of the music in this way uh, because it's something with this beautiful melody uh, it's so beautiful like it can't be the whole truth something like that now please enjoy my performance of Schubert's Impromptu in G flat major
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my podcast or YouTube channel and support my work on Patreon at patreon.com slash sonatasecrets and stay tuned for a new episode every week.